Even though the coronavirus has us down, we're definitely not out, and the grind don't stop. He's B. Reed. I'm KP. Welcome to Fumble Rooski Football Podcast. Reed, how you living, bro? Good, man. Excited about all this football news. Something, some type of entertainment. I'm telling you, bro, man. NFL free agency has single-handedly kept me alive this week. That and Pringles, <laughs> bro. A lot Pringles. going on, man, to take us off all the things happening in the world, man. Let's just go ahead and get into it, man. A lot of moving and shaking in the NFL this week. A lot of shock trades, a lot of shock releases, and also generational talents leaving one place, starting a new and another, man. Let's just go ahead, break it down division by division. Let's go ahead and start with the AFC West division of the Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. A lot of moves being made there. Well, the Chiefs, they had made a lot of moves. I mean, I think the loss of Kendall Fuller. Um, they lost the defensive end. Um, they didn't. They don't have any big losses, and they hadn't had any big signings. I mean, you got the older players like they picked up Terrell Suggs, um, Lashawn McCoy, but we can all see he was on his last leg. I just don't see a lot of like key losses for them. Um, Darren Lee, Claiborne, Demarcus Robinson. Like I, I just they haven't done anything, but they didn't have a lot of holes. They were a relatively young team, anyways. So I don't think they needed to be active in this free agency. And so I think the most interesting thing about the AFC West, the Kansas City Chiefs weren't too active, but every other team in the division was very active this week. Yeah, very yeah that's true. That's true. You got to catch the champs. And you can see teams like the Raiders, you know what I mean? They have been extremely active this offseason. Um, Chargers, not really. I mean, Chargers are kind of standing pat like they're the Chiefs. That's kind of mind-boggling to me that they're not making more moves. I mean, they let Phillip Rivers go. They said they're just going to roll with Tyrod Taylor. Melvin Gordon's gone. They re-signed um, Eckler to an extension. So, I mean, that's maybe a lateral move. They got that other running back. Is it Justin Jackson, I believe? Yeah, I think uh, so. Yeah, so they seem comfortable with the running backs. They signed Brian Balaga. They signed some defense, um, Chris Harris and um, Linvale Joseph. So you know what they're going to do. They're starting Tyrod Taylor. Obviously, they're going to run the ball. Unlike a team like the, like you said, the Raiders, who are just signing massive amounts of people. (laughs) And it seems like half of my Dallas Cowboys became Las Vegas Raiders. I almost said Oakland Raiders, but they are officially the Las Vegas Vegas Raiders now. So Jason Witten, to name a few, Jeff Heath. So you got Jason Witten for the veteran leadership at the tight end position. You have Jeff Heath at safety. Uh, I believe they just picked up Nelson Algalor from your Philadelphia Eagles. So Trash. Eagles fans are definitely happy about that departure. But uh, John Gruden, man, he's been willing to deal, and I believe they still have a few first-round picks left over from some of the big trades and acquisitions they made a few years back, dealing Amari Cooper, yeah, dealing Khalil Mack. So uh, the Mack trade it was the big one. That's where a lot of those first came from. Now, one thing that really kind of piqued my attendance here, man, they picked up Marcus Mariota from the Tennessee Titans. So that has to make you wonder, should Derek Carr be looking over his shoulder? Now, I know that there's Derek Carr has been a little up and down from an MVPS season a couple of years ago. <laughs> you know, he breaks the fibula in the playoffs. He's not really that same Derek Carr. He's kind of a shell of himself. Then you bring in a young gun like Marcus Mariota, whose career didn't get really off to the best start in Tennessee. 
But, you know, he has a chance to kind of, you know, reinvent himself under John Gruden. So what do you think, in your opinion, what do you think is happening in John Gruden's mind with the two quarterbacks that they have, Derek Carr and Marcus Mariota? Uh, I think this is the, one of the best spots that um, Marcus Mariota could have fell in because one thing that he appreciates, which is John Gruden, is he just really wants a game manager. So a guy like Marcus Mariota who can read the field, go through one or two reads and just run the ball and keep on the five yards, five yards, because he really just wants to run the ball and play hard defense. That Raiders defense wasn't bad last year. They added um, Carl Nassib from Hard Knocks fame, was on the Browns. I actually kind of like that dude. Um, Corey Littleton was a great linebacker for the Rams. So they bulked up the defense. They have a nice running game uh, with the kid they drafted last year. So I just think they're really looking for a game manager. And it does say, I believe Derek Carr needs to look over his shoulder because Derek Carr is a pocket passer. But when that's not working, you can put in Marcus Mariota to just get those four or five yards using his legs. If anything, that's a surprise for the defense. I think by the end of the season, you see uh, Marcus Mariota starting. Um, and I think you see next season – they ship Derek Carr out. Now, let's stay focused in the AFC West for a second now. Switching gears over back to the Denver Broncos. So we mentioned and talking about the Chargers earlier. The Chargers trade, or did they release Melvin Gordon? He, they just didn't resign. All right. So they didn't take the fifth-year option. He goes to the Denver Broncos in a not-so-shocking move. The Denver Broncos also cut quarterback Joe Flacco, man. I don't know what the hell happened with Joe. He was balling out of control when they made that Super Bowl <laughs> run. He got the bread. He got his chips, got his stacks, and that productivity dipped like a thought at the club, bro. Uh, he was just a game manager, man. He was never. He was fool's gold. He was fool's, fool's gold, gold, man. And one, yeah, thing, man. one thing I always said about smoking Joe Flacco, man, once he went to a team with a subpar defense, he got exposed, man, because the defense, that legendary Baltimore Ravens defense with T-Suggs, Ray Lewis, yeah. Ed Reed, they all bailed them out at times. They kept that team afloat. Yeah. Defense wins championships. The Ravens always got bailed out by the defense. Joe Flacco, to your point, is a game manager, but he's just a shell of himself now. Now, in your opinion, now you are big facts, so hmm. we come to you for this knowledge and the big facts. Do you think the Denver Broncos go down the path with Drew Locke or do they try to pick up one of these key free agents out here? Maybe a Cam Newton, maybe a Jameis Winston. What's in the mind of Big Fast Reed when it comes to that? I think Elway, I don't I don't think that he's comfortable with his quarterback situation. I think he's looking on the trade market, but what Elway has also shown is he's looking for a discount. He's looking for a veteran quarterback that can come in there and not make a lot of mistakes and that can lead his offense. And I think that because he's looking for a discount on quarterbacks, he has the luxury because he does have Drew Locke. A second, well, he was a second round pick, right? Or third? Uh, I believe Locke I was, a say he was a second, but I'm not sure, man. I'm not somebody will fact check us in the stat, yeah, in the comments. So well, I'm not worried about it. So, you got a quarterback, a young quarterback like Drew Locke. If you play your cards like you're okay with going in the season, you see all these quarterbacks are hitting the market. Like Cam Newton might get released. You, why would you jump to make any conclusions right now with the quarterback situation? I don't think if you're John Elway, you do anything until Cam Newton's situation is clear. Because if he comes on the market, 
I mean, you played against him in the Super Bowl. Yeah, Von Miller dominated him, but that's still a quarterback that recently in the last two or three years took a team to the Super Bowl. That's the type of player that John Elway is looking for. He's looking for someone that can win. And again, just like a John Gruden old school, somebody that can move the offense in different ways. You know what I mean? Cam Newton's a good quarterback. I don't I don't love those receivers, but putting him with a running game with Melvin Garden and Lindsey, that would be really good for him. And so Denver defensively, I think they still got a lot, man. You know, on the interior line, man, you got Vaughn Miller, of course. You got Bradley Chubb. Definitely some holes in the secondary. Now, I believe, didn't they just get the dude from Jacksonville, CJ? uh, Man, I can't think of his name right now, but didn't they just get him? Did no? They got uh, they only signed Melvin Gordon. I don't think they signed any corners. They had another big signing. I want to say they. They let go of Chris Harris. They right. signed a guard, I saw, and they signed Melvin Gordon. So they signed Melvin Gordon, but I hadn't seen him pick up anybody in the secondary. Now, that's a big part of their defense is, uh, was, was it Bradley? Bradley Chubb? Mm-hmm. That defense was coming on um, in the middle part of the season until he went down with his injury. Before he went down with his injury, him and Von Miller were getting together and they were making some plays. So I'm interested to see how they'll do without Chris Harris. They tried to let him go before it didn't work. <laughs> now he just left and went to the Chargers. I don't think this is a great team, man. You need a you need a game-changing quarterback to fix this team. Otherwise, you have talent on the offense. You got a good running game, a, a fairly decent defense, even though I think that secondary is going to struggle a bit without Chris Harris. But without a quarterback, man, it really doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, you got to have somebody that can move those chains, and they just hadn't put a quarterback behind there. Even when they had Peyton Manning, the defense was just so good it compensated. But they hadn't had a competent quarterback in a while, man. So I got to look this up, man, because it's going to bother me if I don't look it up now. Let's see, Broncos free agency. I could have swore they picked up one of the starters from Jacksonville, man, off that Saxonville defense. That. I don't know, man. Here, let's Let's look this up. Let's get. Oh, you talking about AJ Boye? Yeah, that's right. There you go. See, that's what we yeah, call we, you, big facts, man. AJ, I don't, I don't remember seeing he signed or did they trade? They traded I think they for traded him, right? For him, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They did. Yeah. Yeah. So they traded for um, AJ Boye. Um, so I guess that's why they let go of Chris Harris. I mean, you get a younger player. I don't know why Jacksonville is dismantling their secondary. I know they had a bad year, but we'll get into that when we get into the AFC. Yeah, we'll, so. we'll definitely get into that. But it looks like, you know, the Raiders definitely getting a lot of centerpieces, which I don't know if you call them centerpieces because nah, they were second Corey, or third-rate players from other teams. Corey Littleton wasn't. Corey Littleton was a beast. And I will say this about Jeff Heath. Jeff Heath is okay. He can hit. He tries his best to cover. But uh, I think, you know, he could be something. You know, if you put him back there with the uh, John Abrams, I don't think he'll be starting, but you never know. Uh, as far as Jason Witten, I really think that Jason Witten's best years are behind him. I think that this is yeah. just kind of a laying into coaching for him is more of the locker room presence when it comes to Jason Witten versus the on-field productivity. I think he's going to be a mentor to uh, the current number 83 Waller. out there. Yeah, Waller. He'll be a mentor to him. And I think he'll coach him up and help uh, develop him into an all all pro. So sad to see yeah, him go I, as a Cowboys fan, but at the end of the day, man, you know Blake Jarwin was definitely going to be the uh, TE one moving forward, man. So it is what it Blake is. Blake Jarish, he should have been the TE one this year. He should have. Which, I, I thought Jason yeah. Witten should have never came back. He should have just stayed yeah, I in the think, booth. 
I always like Jar, and I thought that they stunted his growth by a little bit by putting him in this year. But, yeah, I, I agree, man. I think that Jason Witten's only going out there to be a locker room presence and teach Waller some of the tricks. He really wants to run that offense through Waller, and that's another reason why I think Mariota is a big threat to Derek Carr because when Mariota was there with Delaney Walker, he leaned on him heavily. And if they can do that, if they can lean on Waller heavily to go over the middle, they'd have weapons that can take it off over the top. Like Tyrell Williams has proven that he can make a big play over the top. You had Nelson Aguilar. He can also. He It's 50-50 if he'll catch it, but he can get open. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you don't know what you can get. You'll get a one-handed catch and triple coverage, or you'll get a wide-open drop with Nelson Aguilar. But he'll get open. So with, I think if Witten can teach Waller um, some of those tricks, Mariota could be the play, man, because if they could have just kept that offense steady and moving with the defense they had last year, they could have been better. Now, I guess the biggest question about all this we're talking about with the AFC West and all these free agent moves when we talk about conferences, my question to you is, has any team gotten better than the Chiefs in this division? Uh, it's hard for me to say, man. I don't think they have. Now, <laughs> I say one team with the most upside would definitely be the Las Vegas Raiders because they have a lot of draft capital, which they can leverage. They can fill a lot of key pieces. But honestly, man, I mean, the Chiefs are worlds ahead of everybody else in the AFC West. It is going to be like that for the foreseeable future unless we see maybe Denver or even L.A. make a move for a premier quarterback. Now, we know, to your point earlier, Anthony Lynn says he's sticking with the man to the homie Tyrod. Denver, we don't really know what they're going to do because Joe Flacco yeah. was a starter, or Joe Flacco got injured, but Drew Luck started for a little bit. But, he, you know, he has some struggles there. And I don't even know who the third-string QB is. So, I mean, it, it's it's really just at the end of the day, Kansas City has that division on lock. I don't foresee them being knocked off of that for a long time, man. I thought for sure you'd be calling for Brandon Allen to be re-signed and take it over. <laughs> take it nah, over. man. I'm, I'm, I'm a realist, <laughs> man. I can't be a homer, man. We are sports journalists. We got to call it like we see it down the middle, bro. Uh, I got you, man. Yeah, man, I agree with you, man. I just think the Chiefs, are, their offense is so far ahead of everyone. Um, they, they still hadn't, you know, made up for some of the losses that the Chiefs had on defense end of the day that's really not Andy Reid's thing and that's really not their thing <laughs> like defense is just kind of hold them and contain them to around 28 to 35 points and let Patrick Mahomes do his thing as long as Patrick Mahomes and Tyrell Hill is coming back and that they can get a running back in the draft they signed they re-signed uh uh Damian what was uh running back Damian, Damian Williams? Williams yep should, who yeah, should be Super Bowl MVP if we're being honest he should have been Super Bowl MVP. But that's another story for another day. That. No, it's, that's got to go to Patrick Mahomes. But we'll get into that another day because that's a ridiculous yeah, thought. It is. <laughs> he brought him back from the break, man. He brought him back yeah, from the man. break. But anywho, moving he, right along. He, man. he played a good role like he's supposed to. Yeah, he did, he did his job. <laughs> but moving on, man, I guess now we can start to transition. Let's see. We're in the AFC West. Let's go to the East, man. So yeah. this division getting very interesting, man. New England Patriots, Tom Brady, divorce, Splitsville, man. Tom Brady packed his bags, went down south to Tampa Bay. For the first time in a long time, man, a lot of New England Patriots fans are feeling uncertain out here. They shook. Yeah, they shook, as yeah, they say, man. What's, I don't see no backup plans on the roster either. No one does, man. I mean, you're going to go to Jared Stidham. Is Jared Stidham going to be the heir apparent? Or do you look for answers in free agency or the draft? Bill B., what's the plan, baby? What's the plan? What's up? 
This is the thing, man. Uh, I think Jared Stidham, I always said, I never understood why Jared Stidham went to Auburn because that's not his style of play. That kid was a gunslinger at Baylor. He has an arm. He can throw it. And I think what happened is they saw enough of Jared Stidham like from jump in the preseason. He, he kind of was like Gardner Minshaw. He had a really good preseason last year. And I think that what they see, they see a lot of the tools that they had with Tom Brady, and they believe that they can stick him in and be successful. Of course, I think they'll go get some type of veteran backup, maybe bring Brian Hoare back. He, Hoyer, he was really good in that system. He's shown that he can win in the Patriots system. But you have him as a backup to Stidham. I personally think they go with Stidham. And it came down to a point for me is they were probably tired of choosing Tom Brady over these younger prospects because they could have had a insurance plan in the bag a couple of years. Jimmy G, Jacoby Brissett, you know what I mean? They had a couple of guys back there that they could have used. I think they're choosing Jared Stidham over Brady. So I think one of the names you just mentioned is very interesting, and I'm going to tell you why. Jacoby Brissett. Now, he is a player, NC State, so he's a local product from here. Now, I'm not from Raleigh, but he's a local product, so a lot of people – a lot of positive things I've heard about him. He knows Bill Belichick's system. I think he would be the safe bet. But I see mm-hmm. what the Indianapolis Colts are doing by signing Phillip Rivers. And then they say that they don't want to depart with Jacoby Brissett because it makes him valuable almost. You can get yeah. something for him. You know, you're not going to trade him, even though in reality, if they did trade him to the Patriots, he might be worth a fifth or a sixth round pick. But if you kind of put that luster to him, he could be a second or a third round pick. So, do we see the return of Jacoby Brissett to Foxborough? I don't know. It depends on, you know. Well, I, I'll say no just because, like, you say that, but I feel like they actually believe in Jacoby Brissett because they've been saying the same high price. He's untradeable. Even before Andrew Luck got hurt last year, preseason, everyone thought that was the time to trade Jacoby Brissett. And they held on and held on. I think they actually believe in Jacoby Percet. I just don't think that they believe he's quite ready yet. And he signed a two-year, $30 million deal, fully guaranteed. And the most yeah. impressive part about that, the man's his own agent. So he bet on himself, <laughs> man, and got it done. Get the bag, Jacoby Percet. Get the bag. But I just don't think the Colts will let him go for cheap. And uh, the Patriots are notoriously cheap. Maybe they're thinking, that, hey, we give Jared Stidham a chance this offseason. I mean, this season. And if he doesn't work out... More than likely, Jacoby Brissett is going to hit the open market next year because you got uh, Phillip Rivers for a one-year contract, and then Jacoby will be up coming up on his contract, so you devalued him. I doubt he's going back to the Colts. And outside of quarterback, I mean, they got a lot of holes, man. Kyle Van Noy goes to the division rival. Yeah. So that's one hole on defense. And then they had a lot of other moves being made, too. Uh, I believe, I'm not sure if Jamie Collins was still playing for him. I don't think so. I know he used to. No. But uh, he, he left. Jamie Collins left, and they lost Danny Shelton, who they traded for for the Browns last offseason. Yep. They weren't able to re-sign him. I think Danny Shelton, either Jamie Collins or Dan, I think Jamie Collins went to the Lions. He did. Back to, so the, he's to the Pat Patricia offer. Matt Patricia, offer. Matt Patricia uh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of holes, man, but, you know, the New England Patriots are coached by one of the greatest football coaches to ever live. So I think we find out this season the age-old question, is it Tom Brady or is it the Belichick system? And what's going to be the aftermath of that? Do you think if they have a couple of bad years off of this, which I don't know, I don't really see it happening because if Bill 
built this from scratch, he can build it again and he can plug in pieces because there's still some folks out there. Now, there are no Tom Brady-level quarterbacks out there on the open market. I think the closest that you get to that is maybe Cam Newton. I don't think there were some early rumors that maybe they look at Andy Dalton, but I yeah. think they're going to move on from that. So I think the only other MVP type of player that's out there is Cam Newton or do you look towards the draft. We have a very quarterback-rich draft that the Patriots feel like willing and dealing and trading up, which they, they're not a team that usually does that. But if you go by their history, they can find a gem in the later rounds. I mean, let's be honest, Tom Brady was a six-round pick out of the University of Michigan. Do you find someone that is like that in this year's draft? Perhaps I hate to say it, but let's say if Jake Fromm falls down there. I know his game is a little raw. Yeah with Bill Belichick's tutelage and teaching, could he make him another gym, sort of like what they discovered with Tom Brady? I mean, I don't know. I think if you're going to go the Tom Brady route, I think you take your chance with Jared Stidham. I don't know if you go and draft another quarterback. You can only carry two, you know, on game day. You're not going to take up three rosters with quarterbacks. I'm fairly sure that their emergency is Brian Hoyer because he spent so much time in offense. He's something that can just balance them out for the year. But the one thing I respect about Bill Belichick, you can see what he's been doing over the past two years, three years. He's building up for a power run game. I mean, Sony Michelle wasn't used like he was supposed to. He was terrible last year. But the first year when they really leaned on him 27, 28 times a game, you have uh, they got the uh, dude from Bama. They drafted him last year, had a crazy offseason. Um, but then they didn't really even activate him during any games. I think they're going to go a power run game and kind of trust in the defense. That defense is young. Um, if, 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 if um, Belichick doesn't do anything else, he gets a lot of credit for Tom Brady and finding him. But what he really does is he finds those off-brand defensive players and turn them into stars. And people forget, man, Bill Belichick's <laughs> yeah. bread and butter was defense, man. He was a yeah. two-time Super Bowl champion as the defensive coordinator of the New York Giants under Bill Parcells. So a lot of people forget that he cut his teeth in this league on defense. So, And there's a lot of players that play for him that come into this league mediocre and get paid after they leave him. And that's the positions that he really doesn't respect because he rarely pays his defensive players. He let he lets them walk and he just plugs and plays and replaces them. And now you got another big name, Jamie Collins, that replaced Brandon Spikes. You know what I mean? And they go other places and then they're nothing. So I really respect what he does on defense. And at the end of the day, I think he's going to put his trust in his defense and that power run game with Sony Michelle. And man, I cannot think of Alabama's running back. Is it Damian Williams? No, it's not Damian. Damian. Uh, well, I know. Uh, let's see, Sony Michelle's there he, from Georgia. Yeah, but you have he was there with Josh Jacobs. It was Josh Jacobs and the other one. Uh, man, I'm gonna have to go look it up. But yeah, he he they drafted him last year and they got him as a steal. Everyone thought it was a steal in the draft because a lot of people compared him to Nick Chubb. You know, the Sony Michelle came and blew out everything in the draft, but the Nick Chubb was just solid and he came through for the Browns. Well, this is the same way. Uh, Damian Harris, Damian Harris for the Alabama. Yep. He was the four-year starter. I mean, you had Josh Jacobs there for three years who played, but he never took Damian Harris's starting position. And the Patriots had him sitting last year on the bench just waiting. I think they're going to go to power run game, man. Yep, and I think from a defensive standpoint, I mean, yes, they had those two leave, you know, Collins uh, and Van Noy, but you still, you know, they re-up on the McCourties. So Devin McCourty, yep. re-up on him. Uh, all pro. I mean, they have a lot of weapons back there. You still have Dietrich Wise from the University of Arkansas on the front line, and you still got Dante Hightower. So there's a lot of uh, a lot of talent still on that side of the ball. I think 
So the only two quarterbacks on the roster right now are Jarrett Stidham and Cody Kessler. Cody Kessler being the USC product. So Yeah, he's definitely gone. They gotta get someone, I think a veteran, either if you get Hoyer back, but I think, you know, maybe they look in free agency. Maybe. It just depends. I just don't see them drafting someone. I think if they do something, it's gonna be in free agency, but I don't think the quarterback market moves until Cam Newton moves. I think he's holding up the quarterback market because if they release him like being reported, he's by far and away the best quarterback on the market. Then it becomes who trusts him, who's going to pay him. Right. Now, I personally think that he's going to be outpriced for the Patriots because they don't, they don't like playing their quarterback that much money. That's why I think they'll end up with a Brian Hoyer or a Andy Dalton, somebody that they can get relatively cheap because they don't pay quarterbacks. Tom Brady only made $15 million last year. You know what I mean? Like every other year, Tom Brady hasn't made anywhere close to the top quarterbacks. This this year he signed for two years, $25 million, and he's still like in the bottom half of the quarterbacks. You know what I mean? So I, mean, I just don't see them paying anybody, bro. And it's just you got to know your worth, man. I think he knew his worth. I think Robert Kraft knew his worth. But at the end of the day, Bill Belichick's the GM and the head coach. So he's going to make those football decisions. I think – a lot of people are thinking, man, that this might be the beginning of the end for the relationship between Mr. Kraft and Bill Belichick if this goes wrong. Now, if this uh, if it doesn't forty three. Yeah, if it doesn't, then you know, without a shadow of a doubt, Bill Belichick's the greatest coach that ever lived. You know, you gotta put him above Lombardi. Yeah, but I mean, is this a risky move? You didn't sign a forty three year old quarterback to fifty million dollars guaranteed. I mean, it doesn't really feel like a risk here. I mean, it's more nostalgia and what you did for me, even though he, he, he does keep him competitively winning. But let's be honest, the last couple of years, Tom Brady hadn't really just been putting his team on his back and winning. Now, look, the game against the Eagles, he did have a great game. But I think that Bill Belichick feels he can get a player like Andy Dalton in there and just fix him to do whatever he needs. And I think it was, you know, it was kind of almost future-proofing anyway because, to your point, Tom Brady is on the downside of his career. This isn't a Tom Brady from five years ago, from ten years ago. This will be a 43-year-old Tom Brady who showed some regression during this season. Yeah. So I think, you know, Bill... Like fatigue, too. A like, lot. Like, you got tired. It just, he wasn't the normal, the normal Tom Brady that you see. Now, I know one person that's going to be super upset, overrated-ass Julian Edelman. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. This is just now. This is just the opinions of KP on Fumbleruski Football Podcast, available on Two Smart Network, by the way. But I just always thought that Julian Edelman was one of those receivers who had one big game, one good game at the right time, and he's he's serviceable, but he's a system wideout. He's just like Wes Welker, you know. He's just a piece in the overall. Chris scheme. Hogan, exactly. Danny Amendola, <laughs> you know. The list goes yeah. on and on and on. And it's just, in my humble opinion, I think he is going to suffer the most off of Tom Brady's departure, depending upon now, who they get. Now, I will say the one safety net they have is traditionally the NFC East has been trash. Well, the AFC so East didn't has been ta- trash. I mean, the AFC East has been complete trash. Now, the one thing I'll say about this offseason I feel like the AFC East, a lot of these teams feel like there's a there's a chance now. I mean, you're seeing the Dolphins spending big money. I don't know if it's going to work, 
but you you spending big monies on Byron Jones, Kyle Noy, Shaq Lawson, Eric Flowers. You know what I'm saying? These players that they bring in, even a Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard is still 25 years old, and they got him on a cheap contract. Uh, Camu Gruger Hill came from Philly. He's just he's up and coming, very fast linebacker. You got him for cheap, and the players that they lost were like, oh, they still have draft picks. I love what the Dolphins are doing because at the end of the season, that Dolphins team got better. And a lot of times, you don't see teams get better, and that Dolphins team was competitive towards the end of the season. And one thing I'm happy about, you know, they stuck it out with Brian Flores, former New England Patriots yeah. defensive coordinator, first time coach. You see this happen all the time, like with the Arizona Cardinals, for example. You know, they fired one coach a year into the job, but I'm really glad that they stuck with Brian Flores because I think those players believe in his system. Mm -hmm. They believe in him, and they rallied around him at the end, and they rattled off a couple of wins to keep from picking number one overall. Now, if I'm – now, this is just kind of hearsay. This is nothing that's in reality. Now, if I'm the Miami Dolphins, do you reach out? to Cam Newton and his people to see if you could parlay him coming to Miami. I don't know if I would want to trade for him though. I think that if I think that if he hits the open market, Dolphins have so much money, so much opportunity that I think they have the best chance of getting him of anybody. I mean, I'm not saying Cam Newton's selfish, but I mean everybody knows the resume of Cam Newton, right? Well, you throw 34, 35 million at him, he going to say no. But you look at this. You look at what they have. Ryan Fitzpatrick and Josh Rosen. Enough said, man. I mean, Cam Newton, uh, a a Cam Newton that's a shell of himself is an upgrade over what they currently got. So, I mean, if you get a full, healthy Cam Newton, I think that at least bumps that team up to seven or eight wins off the bat before they even hit the field. And then I think Jordan Howard gives them a couple of wins because Jordan Howard is still a very good running back. He showed it with the Eagles. Yes. And so I think if you spend your draft capital wisely, if you get a Cam Newton now, a lot of people, you know, we're hearing rumblings. Hey, you take Cam Newton, you sign him if he gets released, and then you take maybe Tua Tagovailoa at the five. Now, that will be, you know, a decent strategy to prepare for the future because we don't know where Tua Tagovailoa is with the hip. You know, apparently at the NFL Combine, everything was a go. They said he's progressing normally. He's healing. Now, one thing, with everything being shut down to COVID-19, do you know if any of these guys are coming to come in in shape? You know, has he been rehabbing properly? Has he been working out? You don't know. But I think, you know, if I'm the Miami Dolphins, I'm looking at Cam Newton, and then, you know, I maybe take Tua Tagovailoa at the five, and then they, I believe they got multiple picks because they because of the Kenny Stills and Laramie Tunsil trade to the yeah, Houston, Lar- Texas. Yeah, Laramie so. Tunsil from Houston. What the fuck is Houston doing? But like, oh we'll my get to God. It. <laughs> but but yeah, um I, I mean I agree with you, man. I like the moves they made. A lot of these moves were just on defense, right? So they worked on their defense and building their defense up to stop people because that defense was terrible last year. Now the like you said, if you get a player like Cam Newton, you're already miles ahead of a Ryan Fitzpatrick or a Josh Rosen. That's going to settle you down right there. You got a good run game cuz they ran the ball well. They have all the weapons, bro. They they look like a terrible team, but all you need is stability at the quarterback and a little better defense, which I think these free agent moves upgraded. 
at the receiving core, man, they got Devontae Parker, who showed a breakout season with a new coach after he got away from Adam Gase. You actually see that he is a dominant player from Louisville. You got Preston Williams, who they stole in the draft, who has, like, the measurements to be Megatron. You know what I mean? Like, they have Albert Wilson. They, they have a lot of good talent on offense, and adding Jordan Howard just makes it better. If that defense can be better, they, they have a chance to win the, di the division. I know I sound crazy. But that's how crazy this division is. It's not a good division. You take Tom Brady out of it, you don't know what you're going to get from the Patriots. Well, I think it's anybody's game, man. And uh, one team that definitely made a major splash of free agency, even off of one transaction, were the Buffalo Bills, man. Yeah, I mean, you take a better. playoff team from a year ago, you add... Uh, shit, I'm blanking on his name. You, Ste add, Stephon you Diggs. add Stephon Diggs to an already pretty decent team and that gives josh mm -hmm. allen another deep threat man i mean that's a that's yeah. an upgrade a huge upgrade yeah to add add digs with brown to with that big arm that josh allen has i mean i think that this is a this is a dynamic dynamic team that defense is already legit we know that we've seen that we saw how great their defense they're just waiting for their quarterback to grow with their defense and you hope your quarterback catches up to your defense. You know what I mean? You don't want the defense to be so good until they age and your quarterback then gets gets good. But I think they put a lot of weapons around. Excuse me. I think they put a lot of weapons around here, man. Adding Diggs, even though I don't love Diggs, and he can be very, very inconsistent, a lot of that may be contributed to Kirk Cousins. You know what I mean? Kirk Cousins does not always see the whole field. He kind of get his favorite targets, the most reliable receivers, and that's who he throws to to get his completion percentage up. You got a gunslinger like Josh Allen that's ready to lose his leg, use his leg and just let that thing rip. That's why you saw John Brown was so successful in his offense. I think Stephon Diggs can be very, very successful in his offense and playing good defense running the ball hard, and then throwing a couple deep shots. That can get you to the Super Bowl easily. So I, I like this Bills team, too. Um, they're they're more proven than the Dolphins, so I would pick them to win the division. I think they did get better than the Patriots, but I, I really love what the Dolphins are doing. It's just going to depend on what they do with the quarterback situation. So I think they got a legit shot. I think that the culture in Buffalo is a lot different than the culture in Minnesota. You know, Mike Zimmer, old-school Hard-nosed football coach doesn't take a lot of mess. I think that Stefan Diggs may have had a rift in that system, and then of yeah. course, you know, I think he may have clashed behind the scenes with Kirk Cousins. We don't know. He was being overshadowed by Adam Thielen, Kyle Rudolph, so he gets a fresh start in Buffalo, and I think that's going to be one <laughs> of the best places for him, man. He definitely wasn't getting outshadowed by Kyle Rudolph. Kyle Rudolph does nothing on an everyday matter. Well, <laughs> but, uh, he did something when it counted to send the New Orleans Saints home in their own place. Man, yeah, uh, let's see. True. Shit, what did New York Jets do besides suck ass? Nothing to see there. I hate I hate the Jets. I hate Adam Gase. They've given Adam Gase way too much freedom. He made all those signings last year. Well, I guess he did in the GM. So that's what happens when you have a bad organization. You put a GM that's not in agreement with the coach. The GM makes all these decisions to sign all these people, and the coach don't even like the people. He don't even like Le'Veon Bell. Robbie Edwards is a free agent. They hadn't re-signed him yet. Whenever Darnold was there, Robbie Anderson looked like a great player. I don't know what the Jets are doing, man. Man, Adam Gates owes his whole life to Peyton Manning. That's the only negative thing about Peyton Manning's Super Bowl run with the Denver Broncos. Adam Gates was the offensive coordinator, and Peyton Manning made him look like a million bucks, and now we all have to suffer. Well, I don't have to suffer because I'm not a fan of the New York Jets. 
But you can just look at what he did with the Dolphins, bro. He did with the Dolphins. He destroyed that organization. Then he leaves, and they literally look better. Like, they're playing better. Devontae Parker looks like a real receiver. Now he's in this offense, and Le'Veon Bell doesn't look like he doesn't know how to play football. Uh, I don't know, man. It's a toxic <laughs> environment, man. The Jets and the Knicks have a lot of similarities right now, and that is not a good – football is just not good all around in the state of New York, man, from an NFL yeah, perspective. It's not great. Better than to me. Danny Dimes, though. Hey, man. <laughs> Danny Dimes. <laughs> Moving right along, man. Let's see. We want to go north or south, man. Uh, let's look at the north, man. Um, just because it's, I think it will be a quick overview of the north. <laughs> There's not a ton of moves. Most of the moves are made by the Browns, which they should have made moves. I mean, I like that they went and got a right tackle because that offensive line was horrible. I kind of sneaky like that they got Austin Hooper because that is the type of tight end that Baker Mayfield needs. And that's the type of tight end that he had at OU, and that's the type of tight end that he leans on that can make the offense better. Baker can throw to the outside, but he much prefers to throw to the middle of the field and with a good run game. So I like that. I don't like that they lost uh, Schobert and Kirksey. I think they were big in the linebacking core. I think that they're not paying enough attention to their defense, which was terrible last year, and they should have been good. Um, I think that fact alone is going to keep them in third place because they're going to be better than the Bengals, but I don't think they'll be good as Pittsburgh or the Ravens. Uh, Definitely not the Ravens, man. I mean, the Ravens just pick up Calais Campbell from Jacksonville, which I think was one of the smartest moves in free agency. I mean, you already have – such a dominant team offensively with Lamar Jackson leading the way there. They did lose Hayden Hurst to the Atlanta Falcons, but, I mean, still. it's They got Michael Pierce, too, on the defensive line. Exactly. So, I mean, the Baltimore Ravens are looking even more dangerous defensively, man. Most of their starters are all coming back. I think they run away with this division. Now, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I like Pittsburgh. So, they made some moves. You know, Big Ben is back healthy again. Uh, They did pick up Eric Ebron. So, yep. that's a good little move for them. And I like the receivers. I mean, you can't judge those receivers by the quarterbacks that they had. They literally didn't have anybody playing quarterback. You put Big Ben back there with Deontay Johnson and Juju, I think that is going to be a legit uh, passing offense this season because Deontay Johnson is very good. He just didn't have somebody that can get him the ball. And you also got the boy from OSU. What's his name? Uh, man. Go ahead. I- I'll find his Come name. Come on, man. OSU's your school, man. You got to know that. I bro. know, right? Come on, now. You the I, Okie from Muskogee, I, bro. You slipping, bro. I don't fuck with him like that, man. James Washington. Yeah, there you go. There you go. I knew you wouldn't let me down, bro. I knew you wouldn't <laughs> let me down. But uh, I think, you know, definitely Pittsburgh will be a better team, man. I mean, they got an all-world coach in Mike Tomlin, man. I was really impressed even though – Last season kind of went off the rails for them. They never really gave up on Mike Tomlin. You know, I mean, as an organization, they believe in Mike Tomlin. I always thought a lot of – I knew a lot of Pittsburgh Steelers fans. I mean, sometimes they can get on your nerves, but they really don't know how great they have it with Mike Tomlin, man. Yeah, I mean, they talk about they wanting to get rid of him all the time, <laughs> but, I mean, you've had two great coaches in the last 20 years, man. Appreciate him while he's here because he's not always going to be there, and y'all are going to go start sucking ass, and you're going to be disappointed. But anyway, you get spoiled. You get exactly. spoiled. That's what happens. I think Juju Smith Schuster bounces back this year. I think he has a really good year. I think James Conner can bounce back as well, as well as Ben Roethlisberger. So I can see those two teams battling it out for AFC North supremacy. 
Uh, Connor just got to stay healthy, man. Connor's really good. He just can't stay on the field. If he can stay on the field with Big Ben, that would be a very, very dangerous offense. However, I do think that Pittsburgh needs to start looking towards the future. Now, I think if you go out and you get a QB like a Jameis Winston, you sit him behind Ben Roethlisberger, I think that could really be advantageous for him and the team because I will say this one thing, and I know we're going to talk about Jameis a little bit later. But I really think that Jameis Winston could have benefited from not being thrown into the fire so quick during his rookie year, him and Mariota. So I think if Jameis gets a chance to learn the system, learn under Mike Tomlin, learn under Ben Roethlisberger, I think that might be able to give a resurgence to his career, man. I think Pittsburgh yeah, would be a see, good spot for him. I mean, maybe. The problem that I have with Jameis is, I mean, you, people say that for quarterbacks that, like, bad you know what yeah. I mean? He never he never really progressed. Like you can throw a quarterback in the fire. Carson Wentz was thrown in the fire too. He he looked terrible. There's been a lot of quarterbacks thrown in the fire that get better at progressions. The problem with Jameis Winston is he has all the tools that you can you can think of. Like he's had games where he looked like he could be an all pro quarterback, but he has bad decision making. Like irreprehensible bad decision making. Where even if you're an offensive coordinator, you're like. How did you even throw it there? You know what I mean? 30 interceptions? You it literally looks like he's trying to throw it to the other team sometimes. Hey bro. And if he had LASIK, man. I'm gonna get a homie a chance, man. He had LASIK <laughs> this offseason, bro. He's he's seeing bro. with 2020 vision, man. He's seeing with 2020 vision in 2020. I'm gonna give Javis another chance, man. Hey, you know you know what that got him? 30 for 30. <laughs> he hit the 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. He hit a 30-30 club, Harry. 30-30, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He the first. I don't know if he's the first, but he was awful, bro. And that team, that's what I said about – we're going to talk about that later, but that's why Tom Brady going there is so big because that team is not bad. That team is full of weapons, weapons on the offense. Hell of weapons. That, that defense is crazy. Like, that defense kept him in the game. Think about if your quarterback threw 30 interceptions. That literally means Jameis is sometimes throwing, like, six interceptions in a game, and they're still in it in the fourth quarter. Like, how good is your defense for you to still be in it and your quarterback threw 30 interceptions on the season? It's, it's crazy, man. But I think I think he fit in well there, man. I think that'd be a good, uh, a good look, man. So, hopefully, he can get together. Maybe hey, they're thinking about that. Bro, quick, quick. Quit fighting for uh, quit fighting for Jameis. That's a losing hey man, battle, hey. man. That's like last year I put my name on Blake Bortles, man. So don't hey, do that it. That was your mistake, bro. But I'm gonna I'm try to roll with a brother, man. We gotta we gotta we all about black empowerment, man. We gotta, we gotta help the boy I can't out. Fuck with, nah, I can't fuck with Jameis, bro. Yeah. I can't I can't do it. Speaking of tease, we can't fuck with. We gonna go ahead and let's just. This is gonna be painful. And I got a little story behind this. So I got a cousin, man. Shout out to my cousin Jennifer, man, out of Houston, Texas. She's a humongous Texas fan. She texted me earlier in the day last week, ragging on my Cowboys, you know, going back and forth. And then the unthinkable happened, man. DeAndre Nuck Hopkins gets traded by the worst general manager in the league, but Chin himself, Bill O'Brien. Bro, how does he still have a job? I've been wondering this for years. Way before the D-Hop trade, I've been wondering, how does Bill O'Brien still have a job? Like, this dude makes the worst decision. He's good enough to win this trash division. And, like, at 8-8, 9-7, and and then losing the first round 
and he still gets a lot of credit. Like, how do you let Nut go? He has one of the best contracts in NFL history. He still has three years, $13 million a piece for three years. He's like a top three receiver. <laughs> Bro, three words came to mind when I heard about that. What the fuck? I mean, and literally. what the compensation? Literally, it's crazy. You got nut for David Johnson, and then you have Todd Gurley available later in the week. That's I mean, crazy. that is just insane. I don't know if he. I don't know what kind of pissing contest they got going on in Houston, man. They shouldn't have let the GM go that they had because he definitely wasn't doing this horrible of a job. But man, I mean, it's just it's mind-numbingly asinine that he would make that move. You know, you're trading your second arguably tied for first best player on the team and now if i'm deshaun watson man i mean it's like you being almost thrown to the wolves man and and will he want to leave in free agency if they don't tag him bro i feel like they were encouraged by will fuller's playoff performances because there were quadruple teams on deandre hopkins i feel like these people in houston don't understand why will fuller was so open and getting three touchdowns a game i'm just gonna say this i didn't agree with (laughs) nut hopkins madden rating that's neither here nor there but he is one of the best wide receivers in football you just gave Kyler Murray a major upgrade out there, man. And so I don't know what the thinking is. Maybe they think they could get like Jerry, Judy, or C.D. Lamb. I don't see either one of those guys being on the board once they pick. I don't know. But even man. if you can, it's just bad business. The worst part about this business is you can't tell me that that's the best deal that you can get in this offseason. You can't tell me that there was no reason to even rush this trade. As I said, I'm saying the contract because if you look at the best receivers, Julio and Michael Thomas, they got they're making twenty million a year. Nurk, I don't care if he is gonna demand a contract. He's under contract for three years right now. So even if you wanted to boost his salary this year just to keep him up to twenty five million, all you gotta do is push his guarantees forwards and deal with it next year. You're still under a three-year contract. So even if you go into the trade market with a top three receiver under a contract that is super manageable, you can't tell me that there wasn't another team to give you more compensation. You tell them you got sold on David Johnson and a second? Look, <laughs> I had a Kenyon Drake just took David Johnson's position, and Kenyon Drake was widely considered a bum. Exactly. <laughs> and I had a lot of respect for Bill O'Brien, especially after – him turning chicken chicken salad from chicken shit at Penn State. Like, that was a tough time for that program. He, he stuck with him. He brought him back. He goes to the NFL. But ever since then, man, I mean, he's just been mediocre, man. He's like Jason Garrett with an ass for a chin almost. Shit, I say Jason Garrett might be better. If it wasn't for Deshaun Watson, I think he would have got fired a long time ago, man. And I think if the Houston Texans stumble and don't make the playoffs, he's gone. But they kind of stumbled on Deshaun Watson. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if the Bears do the right thing and take Deshaun Watson, who they stuck with, Mitchell Trubisky, yeah. maybe? I mean, if the disrespect <laughs> against Deshaun Watson wouldn't have been unreal that year. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, maybe they end up with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, if if was a fifth, we'd all be drunk, and I'm pretty sure that uh, <laughs> Bill O'Brien's drunk as hell making some of them decisions he's making down there. I don't, I don't yeah, see no. that. No way they had the foresight to see that Patrick Mahomes was going to be a quality NFL quarterback with some of the decisions they made. I just don't see, man. They're just so – it seems like over the years they're just so stuck on this run game. They want to play like David Johnson. David Johnson might be good. Like you saw Carlos Hyde struggle in Jacksonville, and then he struggled in uh, Cleveland. 
But then he went to the Chiefs last year and looks like he's resurrected his career. Because all they want to do is that downhill zone blocking running. That's not going to win. You know what I'm saying? Now they, they have they get rid of Hopkins like you don't need them. They're, they're behind in games or they're losing games and they have to catch up. Like the running game is not – that's not what the NFL is anymore. You, you have to have versatile players. You have to be able to put points on the board. And I don't know how you do that with giving away one of your best receivers. You can't look at the draft and be like, I know Judy's going to be better than Hop. Like there's no way you can predict yeah, it ever. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm literally on this podcast right here. I'm dumbfounded. I'm baffled at that decision he made. And you're wasting one of the best young players in the league with DeAndre Hopkins, man. I mean, you're just wasting him while he's in his prime, man. And he deserves better. He definitely deserves better. Now, don't better. get me wrong. I'm I'm happy for DeAndre Hopkins because I think DeAndre Hopkins is going to be crazy in this Arizona offense. Air raid with Kyler Murray. It's going to be stupid. With Kyler Murray and you got Larry Legend on the other side. <laughs> Hey, you got all those speed receivers at the inside, like Andy Isabella. And then, let's be honest. <laughs> this is, they, it's a high possibility. I, I mean, I don't know if it's a, as high of a possibility now, but they could get C.D. Lamb, too. Because Kyler Murray they, was they campaigning could. for C.D. Lamb, even though I think they might want to bolster the offensive line a little bit so they can hey. keep Kyler Murray upright. Nah, nah, you got to remember where the coach comes from. The coach comes from Texas Tech. Mm, you know what I mean? C.D. Lamb... You know what I'm saying? He he ain't about no defense and no Hell offensive nah. line. This nigga's playing <laughs> techbo ball. He's trying to score all the points. Hey, he fucking around trade up for Judy and Lamb. Shit, man. I mean, it's just I don't know what Bill O'Brien's doing. I mean, he makes he makes Jacksonville man look like the Kansas City Chiefs almost. But in saying that, I mean, like I said with uh, the other division, you got to look at the division. And the problem is he gets so much leeway because he wins the division so consistently. You look at the other moves that these other teams made, and they don't make me feel great about any of those moves. I mean, Jacksonville, they struggled. Yeah, they signed Schobert, a linebacker, but they haven't done much else. You know what I mean? Um, they, they franchise tag Unique, but word is he might get traded. You trade Nick Foles out. Gardner Minshaw was good, but you never really gave Nick Foles a chance. They, they are young, but, I mean, I don't feel like they're that much better. You got the the Colts. Jacoby Brissett was getting better. And you go out and get Phillip Rivers, who didn't look great last year. And you don't have any. He has less receiving re- weapons on this uh, Colts team than he had with the Chargers. So, I don't know. Maybe he using Naheem Hines like they used Austin Eckler. But they don't. I mean, you got T.Y. Hilton. That don't move anything for me. You know what I mean? They ain't even re-signed Devin Funches. Then you go to the Titans. I just don't believe in Ryan Tannehill, man. Nah, man. You, you sign he, Ryan Tannehill. Bro, it's an Adam Gase, Peyton Manning situation all over again. Ryan Tannehill got a contract off the work of King Henry, man. Derrick Henry. Yeah, and and you sign Tannehill to the four years, $118 million, 62 guaranteed, and franchise my guy Derrick Henry. What did he get, $8 million man, this year or something like exactly. that? Exactly. They'll be drafting another quarterback here in the next two years because, man, Ryan Tannehill never showed me anything when he was in Miami. He Hell, he never showed me anything when he was in college. Bro, he was a receiver in college. Exactly. That's why. <laughs> Johnny <laughs> Football took the job. Yeah, bro. It's I don't. I mean, I understand that he played well, but it seems like a severe overreaction to say, "Hey, he played well." But also, this ties back to how trash the quarterback market is in the NFL. And this is my argument about the XFL. The XFL has eight teams and probably two decent quarterbacks. You look at the NFL; it's not that much different when you say thirty teams or thirty-two teams, 
because most of the quarterbacks are so trash, you're willing to give Ryan Tannehill $118 million just because he was decent. Now, I'll give him more credit than that. You know, half a year last year, he was one of the better quarterbacks, but that's before people focus on you. You got to realize now they're just going to be game planning for Ryan Tannehill, and he has the cushion of a Derrick Henry. Whenever Derrick Henry can touch the ball and run for 100 yards carrying nine people, that makes your quarterbacks look a lot better. I just would not have tied that much money into him, bro. But I would have got Andy Dalton before I would have signed Basically, man, it's, it's Blake Bortles all over again in his contract year. When Blake Bortles balled out that one year, this is the same thing that Ryan Tannehill is doing, and I see them drafting. Man, they might be getting Trevor Lawrence next year for all we know, man. But – I mean that's not a bad thing because you can hold them for those low contracts for so long. So that would that would help them if you're sticking to the run game. But shit, if you just play Ron Tannehill, 118 million, 62 guaranteed, and you're in position to get Trevor Lawrence, there's gonna be a problem somewhere. Mm-hmm. GM, coach, or something. You bet not be in no yeah, top honestly, five next year. I mean, now that you look at the running back situation in the league, does that affect Derrick Henry's contract? Whatever he signs a contract. You know, you got And they lost they lost Jack Cochlin, uh, one of the running backs. Um so I mean not running one of the right tackles. Mm-hmm. So you I'm wondering, you know, with the Todd Gurley situation, how that played out, will it affect a Derrick Henry? You know, will it affect Ezekiel Elliott? Could he be next? Le'Veon Bell, same way, man. When you look at running backs, usually when they get paid, they decline on you or get injured. It only takes one injury to derail a running back. You know what I mean? Now, um, Maybe Ty Gurley is different because he has arthritis in his knee. You know what I'm saying? But look at David Johnson. David Johnson had a crazy season. Looked like one of the top backs in the NFL. Then the next year, I think he hurt his hand or something. It wasn't even like a knee injury. Yeah, it's like a broken hand. He hasn't been the same since. So you never know what can derail a running back. That's going to keep them in the future for getting money. It was like that for a while. Then Ty Gurley came, and he opened the market back up with the draft picks. You had Gordon, and you had had, um, Gurley, and you had Melvin Gordon get taken high for the first time in a couple of years. Gurley's also the one that pushed the running back contracts up high. But as soon as Gurley gets that huge contract, then he messes up his knee. And you see what happens to the Ram. Now they're in cap, cap hell. Now you see what happens to uh, Devontae Freeman. You give Devontae Freeman that money, he's a shell of himself afterwards. Like all these running backs, they get paid and they don't live up to it. I Man, if they didn't sign his 10-year contract, if I was a running back, I would have been fighting for, hey, I need to get my money up front like quarterbacks used to because at least you know running backs are productive from like jump, for like five or seven years. But when they get time for their big contracts, they're usually not as productive. Definitely going to be an interesting state of affairs in the AFC South this year. I mean, who do you – now, I know we have – and we'll probably get into predictions later on, but I think out of our whole analysis of the AFC, which team do you think improved the most and which team do you think declined the most? Uh so it's, it's two different questions because the decline, I mean, once you lose Hop, I mean, then I think Houston already declined by a significant amount because now you're only dependent on Watson with very little weapons or very little weapons that can stay healthy. So I'm automatically going to say I believe Houston declined the most, but with that, I don't think any team significantly improved. I mean, maybe I have to just go with the Titans because they didn't lose a lot, but there's not a lot of teams that just significantly improved over the offseason in the AFC South. 
I'm just going to go with that the Houston had a decline, and I feel like the Titans are more consistent, even signing Ryan Tellerhill back and bringing Derrick Henry back. They didn't lose a ton, so I think that they win the division just off of that. But I don't think any team made themselves significantly better. I, th- I think Baltimore with the Calais Campbell we, pickup, man, I, I really think that's going to help. I thought we were talking about the AFC I'm South. I'm just saying AFC in that? general, player. Oh, I got you. AFC in general, gotcha. man. I know it's late. <laughs> yeah. It's all good. Well, that's... Well, I'll tell you this, it doesn't matter. Hey, man. Because I don't think any team is better than the Chiefs. No. No, nah, I, I can see the Chiefs. It's going to be between the Chiefs and Baltimore once again, man. I mean, the, I'm not going to say New England had the biggest decline. We will see because you still got Bill Belichick. At the end of the day, man, we'll see which which influence is more prevalent, Bill Belichick's coaching system or uh, Tom Brady's quarterback play. Uh, anywho, man, let's go ahead and roll over to the NFC, man. Our favorite conference most definitely uh, let's let's talk about this NFC West, man. Not there's some things going on, man, but nothing too much. I mean, the Rams, you know, cutting Ty Gurley was kind of a out of left field play, man. You know, yeah. he's got degenerative arthritis in his knees. A few years ago, like two years ago, during the playoff run and the Super Bowl run, you saw where his role was getting diminished more and more. You thought that he would have a little bit of a comeback this season, and then the Rams just all of a sudden release him, man. He ends up going to the Atlanta Falcons, which we'll talk about here in a second. But uh, the Rams made some moves, man, releasing Todd Gurley, releasing Clay Matthews, man, getting Dante Fowler out of there. I mean, what's up with the Rams, man? Cap hell. <laughs> That's what it is. They're signing people to bad contracts, long-term money, locking people up. They're not – like, they have a lot of talent. They had a lot of young talent, but they're not doing a good job of managing these contracts. Right now what they're doing is they're trying to prepare for Jalen Ramsey. I mean, you trade all those draft picks for all these players. You have to keep those players. You can't lose those players, but now in the NFL, it's not like basketball. You can't tie your money up into five or six players or your team is going to be kind of ass. And they tied a lot of money. You can do that. If you're going to take a hit at quarterback. So at the point where they re-signed Jared Goff, it kind of messed up all this. Like, you should not have committed that money to Jared Goff. I would have gave Blake Bortles a chance before I committed that money to Jared Goff. And I'm only saying that because of the amount of talent that's on their team. They would not be in this situation. You not lose a Corey Littleton and a Dante Fowler. Um, you wouldn't have lost these players, a Ty Gurley, if you wouldn't have committed that money to Jared Goff. Now, they better believe in golf because I sure in the hell doesn't because I believe that that's why they're having to break this team up and they're trying to prepare to sign Jalen Ramsey, who they traded for this year. He His contract, he's unrestricted free agent next year. They're going to have to franchise tag him or they're going to have to sign him to another contract with Byron Jones getting his money. I mean, that franchise tag going to be like 16, 18 million next year. Uh, Byron Jones, Darius Slay, these cornerbacks are getting paid, man. I mean, I definitely think, you know, it, it, it was definitely a shock to me that Byron Jones became the highest paid corner in the league. So, you know, Jalen <laughs> Ramsey's definitely going to blow past that whenever his deal Tell is me, up. Uh, I think, you know, it's really the Rams, you know, they missed the playoffs last year. I think they regress majorly with a lot of the holes they got. I don't know what they're planning on doing in the draft. I mean, you obviously got to look at a running back. There are a few running backs out there, but... But they, they spent the top pick, though, on Henderson, right? I, Henderson was a pretty high pick. I believe so, yes. So so you got to at least give him a chance. You can't spend another pick on a running back. You have to either believe in Henderson to at least give him a shot. And now there's even rumors that they're going to part ways with Brandon Cooks. 
So I mean, but I agree. I agree with that, man. If you can get off that money, he hasn't been productive. Robert Woods are, is way more productive. Brandon Cooks has been a shell of himself since whatever happened to him in New England. I don't know what happened to him in New England, but they destroyed their kid. I think I almost said St. Louis. I think Los Angeles thought they were getting New Orleans Saints Brandon Cooks, and yeah, it just had he hadn't produced since, man. But yeah, you got Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. I think they've kind of passed him up, man. I think Brandon Cooks. Best days may be behind him. Now, yeah, one team that definitely made some moves, man, those Arizona Cardinals, bro. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and Arizona's a, a team like we talked about with Miami. The one thing I respect about them is, man, they were in every game. They were fighting hard. They were playing hard. Like, I gave Kingsbury a lot of shit because he was never a winner at Texas Tech. So it baffled my mind how he would get a head coaching job in NFL. But, I mean, I can't knock them. That team played hard. Kyler Murray played hard. They tried to win. They had a lot of young players step up on that offense and defense. So, adding a player like DeAndre Hopkins, and you only lose David Johnson, who you didn't even have last year. You get Kenyon Drake. You kind of overplaying them with the tra- franchise. I mean, with the transition tag, making about $8 million a year. I don't know if Drake is worth that. But he showed enough to give it a try this year to see. Um, they added Jordan Phillips, OU guy, big guy from Buffalo. I really like what he did last year. More playing time. He should be more disrupted. Um, Kennard, he was a big player with uh, Detroit last year. Detroit was a very bad defense, but Kennard made a lot of plays on that outside. So I actually think this Cardinals team got a lot better. Um, they didn't really lose much. You added a primetime receiver like Hop to go along with Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, this team is going to be good, man. Um, I don't know how many games they win, but they're going to be a good team. Well, I think uh, what we'll see this year is Kyler Murray coming to his own, man. I mean, reigning in a uh, offensive rookie of the year. Uh, you know, a lot of people, there were a lot of digs at Kyler Murray when he first came into the league, man. You know, people question his hand size. People question his height overall. I saw pretty much the second coming of Russell Wilson with Kyler Murray, the first coming to Kyler Murray, man. I mean, the guy is more than capable of running an offense, especially an offense that suits the same style of play that he played under Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma. I mean, it's second nature to him. And now that you are putting weapons around him, you have the legendary first ballot Hall of Famer, Larry Fitzgerald, without a shadow of a doubt, on one side. He's still coming back. He can still, you know, produce, give you some looks at a high level. Then you add Nuck Hopkins on the other side of that, man. I mean, Kyler Murray's going to have a field day, man. You got one of the best receivers in the league. And then there are heavy rumors that they may add a C.D. Lamb just because of the familiarity with the system and with Kyler Murray. Now, I, I, yeah, and Clingsbury loves wide receivers, so I don't doubt that. But don't sleep on Andy Isabella. He was a sleeper pick last year who has like 4-2, speed that can be a Will Fuller-type player. He, had, he didn't get a lot of run this year, but he's still in that offense, and he learned it last and year. And I think they should spend some picks beefing up the offensive line, but, you know, I think Arizona definitely. could be definitely much more improved, man, this year. I won't call them a playoff team yet, but I think they could be well on their way, man, you know. Well, they're in a the tough division. That's going to be the, the hardest part. They're probably in the toughest division in the NFL because um, we're talking about a division that has the Rams, the Niners, the Seahawks. That was a three-team race all the way down to the end. None, none of these teams got significantly worse. Like Even with the losses that the Rams took, I still think that's a good team. Um, I still believe in their coach. I don't think they're just going to fall off the face of the earth. I believe he'll be able to you know, work something with that offensive scheme with Cooper Cup, um, the Robert Woods, some of the players that you mentioned. 
Uh, and I don't think it's it's um, out of the way that they don't go get a um, Devontae Freeman. I mean, there's still some quality running backs out here that you can replace a Ty Gurley with. We're just assuming that Ty Gurley's going to be gone. But if you can get a player that can give you some of what Ty Gurley gave, because you got to remember last season, Ty Gurley was a shell of themselves. Um, and they still got Jalen Ramsey. They should have a good defense there. Um, Seattle. They didn't make major signings, but I think they're always going to be one of those teams that can just kind of keep it going. It always stays in the hunt. You got Russell Wilson, and then you always got the Niners, man. The Niners has that defensive line, bro. That defensive line is crazy. Well, they lost a major part of that defensive line. They lost to Forrest Buckner to the Indianapolis Colts. So, I mean, that's a big part That's only one. But they were plugging like seven dudes into that line. So, yeah, you did lose Buckner. But it's pretty much Nick Bosa's I mean, you still team got, at this point, man. Yeah, you still got those two ends on there, though. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be highly competitive in the in the NFC West, man. I probably see it'll be between the Seahawks and the Niners, no doubt, man. And this time, but, you know, one of the biggest questions, you know, what is Jimmy G's confidence going to look like, man? You know, you heard a couple of rumblings in the offseason, the 49ers are trying to bring in Tom Brady. They're thinking about dealing Jimmy G. You know, I mean, where's his psyche at in all this? I think they killed that kind of quick. I mean, they they kind of jumped out ahead of that story, killed it real early, said Jimmy G's not going anywhere. They're not interested. So they jumped out of it way before the league did. The leaving moratorium period even started on Monday. They had already said that they're out. So that was just a kind of a bad rumor we know what that team is anyway that team is all based on the run game um they're going to pound the ball and they're going to play hard defense that's the team that you have they just need now they did lose emmanuel sanders so they got late in the offseason with the trade uh they re-signed kendrick Bourne. Uh, i love debo samuels so maybe they're just trusting in him but i would like to see them go into this draft and get another legit receivers because i don't love their receivers everything else about this 49ers team i think they're there but except for jimmy g and the receivers so you you're not gonna replace jimmy g jimmy g anytime soon so you need to go get a playmaking receiver somebody that can make jimmy g look good you already got debo but we saw that He's better catching it behind the line of scrimmage and being used underneath routes. It's easy to cut that off, and that's kind of what the Chiefs did. At that point in time, you need somebody to be able to make a play deep. So I'd be interested to see what they do in the draft because Emmanuel Sanders was supposed to be that player, but he didn't show up for him in the Super Bowl. It's only so many times you can throw to the tight end and swing it out to Debo Samuels and run the ball. Sometimes you're going to have to beat that coverage deep. So... It's going to be very interesting in NFC West this year. Now, let's go ahead and move over to our favorite division in football, the NFC East, man. Yeah. A lot of, well, not too much going on. I mean, let's just go ahead and talk about the obvious, man. The Eagles got a big-time acquisition with Darius Slay. Yeah. Getting him from the uh, Detroit Lions. So, that was a good look for them. You know, you lose Jordan Howard, but you got a player in Miles Sanders. You got Carson Wentz coming back. What what are your thoughts on your Philadelphia Eagles and what they'll do this year? Man, the Eagles are so frustrating because they, ever since the super team with Vince Young and Namdi, Azamwa, they never jump in on the first day of free agency. They always like to play it cool and calm, which is good for me as a fan in the long run, but it takes that excitement out of the first day. They they signed uh, Javon, uh, I don't even remember his last name, but Javon Hargrave from the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
And I didn't really know who this dude was, but then when I looked him up, man, that defensive line is going to be sick. So you have a you have Fletcher Cox already locked up. You have Brandon Graham locked up, and then you go sign this young kid Javon Hardgraves as a defensive tackle. They have three of like the top six highest paid defensive ends on there, and that's not even adding a Malik Jackson on that and Derek Barnett, who they took in the first round. You add that with going and getting Darius Slay. Even though they lost Malcolm Jack Jenkins, Michael, Malcolm Jenkins was asking for like $12 million for the Eagles, but he settled for like eight a year with the uh, with the Saints. He's looking for payday, a lot of leadership, but he got burnt a lot, bro. <laughs> so I, I really like them putting Jalen Mills in that situation because he reminds me a lot of what Jenkins was in New Orleans early on, a really good cover corner that didn't have the legit speed. They started using him in kind of that joker role, bringing him down into the box. I think Jalen Mills would be very successful because his problem isn't coverage. His problem is speed. Dudes could just run right past him. You put him on tight ends, the middle of the field, kind of over-the-top safety, I think he'll be a good look, especially if you got a corner like Darius Slay. The problem is, is they're missing that second corner. I personally think they should just go ahead and re-sign Ronald Darby, 26-year-old. I think he does very good in coverage if he can stay healthy. And there's not a lot of good cornerbacks on the market. Linebackers is always something that the Eagles never took in serious. But the fact that they haven't done anything in the linebacker core and the fact that they haven't done anything in the receiving core kind of troubles me. Because, yes, if Deshaun Jackson comes back, then we should be okay. But nobody knows if Deshaun Jackson's ever going to stay healthy. I think they really need to be going to get a receiver. Um, I like receivers like Devin Funches, Robbie Anderson, but I think that needs to be the real focus. I like what they did with Slay. I like even like what they did with going to get Will Park, signing Jalen Mills. I want to re-sign Ronald Darby because he's one of the better cornerbacks and then try to get a receiver. But I love everything they're doing so far. So, let's go ahead and transition and talk about my Dallas Cowboys, man. A lot of holes. We lost <laughs> a ton of people, man. I mean, you lose Robert Quinn, who led the team in sacks last year with, I believe, 11.5. You lose a lot of the secondary. You lose Byron Jones. You lose Jeff Heath. A lot of people. A lot of new holes. They made some moves. You know, you signed a Gerald McCoy, which yeah. for them, that's a good look. You have him playing on the other side of Demarcus Norris. I think that could be dangerous. Now, one thing that I have question marks about, because, you know, Malik Collins is now gone as well. He's another one of the new yeah. Dallas Raiders out there in Las Vegas. <laughs> now, one thing that was kind of interesting, Randy Gregory is eligible for reinstatement again. Marijuana is finally legalized within the CBA do we see Randy Gregory for a full season? I don't know, man. I've given up on the Randy Gregory experiment. <laughs> Tristan Hill, to me, is kind of looking like shades of um, Taco Charlton all over again. He could be a bust. But we we get Gerald McCoy, and then we also sign HaHa Clinton Dix safety so that's the safety you was looking for right the safety that covers a lot of ground high draft pick yep. you know what if this would have been a high high clinton dicks of five years ago i'd be a little more excited i mean it's a safe pickup you know it's a veteran presence it seems like you know anthony brown and a uh, chibide awuzie will be your new starters now probably throw xavier woods in there too there's a lot of holes on defense they re-sign sean lee uh they bring Leighton Vander Esch, Esch and Jalen Smith will be coming back, but there are questions around the health of Leighton Vander Esch as well with the neck injury. He has a history of neck injuries. Uh, 
So the defense, I'm worried. It's kind of like rat cheese, man. A lot of holes there. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what, what Mike McCarthy and his new staff chooses to do with the Cowboys. Now, offensively, I think the biggest news of the whole offseason is for Dak in the franchise tag. So I yeah. think that's going to be It's actually problem. 32 and not 27. I thought it was 27. It's actually 32 so, this year, which is a big yeah, deal. Dak's getting paid, man, but it's just really – I think this one may come back to bite him, man. Because they should have signed Dak Prescott two years ago before the market got reset with with uh, Goff and Wentz, and before it's eventually going to be reset again when Patrick Mahomes signs for like fifty million dollars a year. Yeah, that franchise tag is kind of a game changer because uh, when we talked about it last week, I was thinking that it was going to be around twenty seven million, and the reason why that's a big deal is because next year it goes up twenty percent. So if you say $27 million, then next year, that's like $32, $33 million. That's reasonable. They'll yeah, do I that. Mean, they got to get a long but term. But as of that. right now, you're talking about that it's going to be 40 something million if they uh, franchise tag them next year. And I just don't think that's something that they're going to be able to afford when you see the cuts that they're making. to get a long-term deal done, man. I mean, you got to get something done with that eventually. The good news is, you know, they're bringing Amari Cooper back, but are we going to see Amari Cooper go balls out? Or are we going to see the Amari Cooper from last year that was inconsistent, that was up and down? Uh, I think the only other moves they really made, they bought a couple of folks back on the office line, like Xavier Suofilo, some of the key role players, key backups. But that's about it, man. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Are you okay with Amara getting that money? You know what? I mean, so I'm really conflicted on this because I like Amari Cooper. <laughs> but what Amari Cooper are you paying for? What Amari Cooper are you going to get? That's my biggest question in all this. If we get Amari Cooper the first season he was there, I'm cool with it, you know. I'm glad he got the bag. But if we get inconsistent Amari Cooper, it's going to hurt us beyond measure within the salary cap for these next couple of years. I would not have paid. I think I stated this on last podcast. There's no way I would have paid Amari Cooper. Now, okay, you don't want to pay Byron Jones. I said I would have chose Byron Jones. Okay, don't play Byron Jones either. But they're tying up too much money into offensive players. Like somebody had to go. You know what I'm saying? You pay Zeke, you're obviously going to pay Dak, and the longer you wait, that Dak contract is going to look more and more miserable to Dallas fans. I mean, let's just be honest. I'm a Dak fan, but I don't want to be paying no quarterback $40 million, no, uh, especially if they're especially if they're not Patrick Mahomes. You give me Patrick Mahomes, all right. I could. He literally wins games himself. If you're not doing that, I'm not trying to pay no quarterback $40 million. I don't care if he throws for 5,000 yards. And that's the situation that they're backing themselves in. We'll see, man. I mean, I think the division will be between the Cowboys and Eagles as it usually is. I don't think Washington is going to do much. Even though Ron Rivera is a massive upgrade, and I'm sure they'll be doing some things. Uh, and then I don't... They got, a, they got a lot of young talent, though. One thing I like about Washington, I like that they... They kept Haskins there. They didn't go get a bum quarterback to take his position. I like those young receivers in uh, Harmon and what's the other kid's name from um, Ohio State? Uh, the receiver? Yes, yeah, the receiver from Ohio State. I know they got Kelvin Harmon, who they got him late in the draft, but um, they have a young receiver that was crazy this year. I can't, I can't believe I just yeah. – Terry McLaurin from Ohio State. 
Yeah, and Cam Sims was another young receiver. So they have a really good young receiving core, and they have a good young cornerback. If they can just get those running backs healthy and quit relying on Adrian Peterson, maybe they can and do something. you some. know, Darius Geis, he'll be coming off an injury this year, so I think that'll be a nice little piece for them. They finally get rid of Josh. Yeah, they had about six yeah, injuries they finally this year. get rid of Josh Norman's <laughs> bullshit contract. I, I told you my Josh Norman story, man. You know, that, that yeah, man. man. He's a Buffalo now, but – Finally got rid of that contract. Uh, the biggest thing, you know, Trent Williams. They're talking about they might force a trade with him. I mean, I think he's still valuable. You know, he's definitely a future Hall of Famer, man. He could definitely produce. And that's somebody you want on your interior line. But I think that ship has sailed with that yeah. organization, man. I don't really think even Rob Rivera could bring him back. Yeah, I mean, once you start lying to a player about his health and kind of affect his livelihood, some players take that personally. I mean, you know, I'm always in Trent Williams' side, the OU guy. But, I mean, I just think that relationship's dead. I think that they need to get the players union involved to get him out of there. I mean, last year he just set out. And he had valid reason, man. The Redskins did him wrong, yeah, man. I mean, you can't have trainers it, telling you one thing. I, I think that Daniel Snyder is definitely touring that team apart, man, because the Redskins on paper are a talented team every year, man. It's just horrible ownership. But they got a good coach, man. They got a really good coach in Ron Rivera, which makes me think, you know, if Cam Newton becomes available, if his services are available, does Ron Rivera make a move for Cam Newton? I wouldn't give up on Dwayne Haskins just yet, man. I think with the right coach and the right system, I think Dwayne Haskins could be something special. Last year was just a dumpster fire, man, with Washington. It was a clusterfuck, and I don't think he was ready for that particular situation. But I well, the coach didn't like right. him either. He didn't so want it to makes draft a big him. deal if the coach he didn't want to draft him. He didn't want to draft him. He didn't want to use him to his strengths. He didn't want to do that. And I think Ron Rivera is one thing that he is good about. Um, even when Cam Newton got hurt, you see these other quarterbacks come in. He tries to play two quarterback strengths. So I think having a a coach like Ron to come in there and actually let Haskins be comfortable and play his game might be good. Because at the end of the season, he showed he showed good good things you know what i'm saying he has a good relationship with mclaurin they played together what two years mm-hmm. or one year um and the the cam sims and kelvin Harmon, they got some good weapons out there they just need a coach to let them utilize their weapons and if they run that same offense that they ran in carolina i mean if all you got to do is catch the ball carolina wasn't good at catching the no, ball not at all, I mean, they, so they just dump it down to cmc so <laughs> Moving on to the Giants, man. It's definitely the Danny Dimes show now. They got a no-name coach who was like the special teams coach in the New England Patriots. Nothing to talk about there, man. It's the Danny Dimes show. Eli Manning called it a career. Nothing much going on with the New York Giants, man. I mean, but I mean, once you got Danny Dimes, you got Saquon, and they got their little uh, Slayton, Darius Slayton. So, I mean, they got some good things on offense going. I don't know about their defense. I don't think this team is going to be great next year, but they definitely have building blocks that a lot of teams and Sterling Shepard's nice too, man. I thought – Can't stay healthy. So, moving on, man. Let's go ahead and transition, man, to the NFC North. We're going to say the best for last. We're going to say the most talked about for last. <laughs> NFC North, man, starting with the Minnesota Vikings. You lose – Stephon Diggs, but at least they got something for him, unlike the Houston, Texas, but it wasn't no, they got great. A first, you know, yeah. They got something for him. Everson Griffin's gone. They got some holes to address. They re-up Kirk Cousins, man, on a two-year, $66 million extension. 
But I'm wondering if um, signing an extension is the reason why they've just been gutting their defense. I can understand saying Xavier Rose. They've lost Xavier Rose, McKenzie Alexander, Trey Waynes, Linville Joseph, Everson Griffin. <laughs> like, they just – they lost almost their whole defense. Are, there, are they that confident in Man, these young they guys? They're get exposed next year, I can tell, because Aaron Rodgers <laughs> is going to be ready to go next year. And I think the Packers are going to win that division. The Bears are really – they got horrible quarterback play. The Lions, Matthew Stafford can't stay healthy. They're a, they're a terrible team. I, I I mean, there's really not much to talk about the NFC North here, man. I mean, I don't think the Vikings go on that run like they did last year. I just, I mean, I, that's putting a lot of the load on uh, Dalvin Cook. and <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, they lost your one of your better offensive weapons. Um, he wasn't the best receiver on the team. Thielen was. Dalvin Cook, they want to run the ball. But, okay, you give away Diggs, you get a first, fine. But you already had a third receiver problem. Like, you didn't have any other receivers besides those two. Then you just kind of gut the defense. That's why I'm wondering is, is this because you signed Kirk Cousins? Because you could have let that dude go. <laughs> I mean, if you signed him $66 million and you lose, like, all of your secondary, half of your the defensive line. Of defense, like, bro, gone. <laughs> Was Kirk Cousins worth the end of the day? Yeah, is he winning games by himself? I don't see that. So yeah, I'm with you, man. Um, obviously, Chicago has no face. They had that defense. They gave up so much to make that defense better, and then you turn around and you don't even have a competent quarterback. So at the point in time, they mm-hmm. go and trade for Nick Foles. They they make it like every year he can opt out, but tell him that his money is still fully guaranteed for the twenty million. Which, if he doesn't play well, then he won't opt out of the contract so he can get the money. But why do you even bring in a quarterback like Nick Foles? I guess... Man, the Nick Foles luster wore off on me a long time ago, man. I mean, yeah, he had the run when the Eagles went to the Super Bowl. He's Super Bowl MVP. But let's not forget, he was trash before that. He wasn't really that great, man. So, I was never... I kind of saw through that smoke screen, man. You know, it was a good little moment for him as a journeyman at that point. You know, to become Super Bowl MVP and win the Super Bowl or whatnot. But uh, I don't know, man. I mean, I don't really see him dethroning Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, the Chicago Bears better put something in for Cam Newton if he becomes available. But, but Mitchell Trubisky's ass. And they can't get Cam Newton now because they just took on Nick Very Foles' true, contract. So. Like, so they can't even get him now. All that money is on that defense, which is which kind of regressed last year. The running game, they don't trust David Montgomery. They try to, but the coach is just not wired to run the ball. He's kind of like an early Andy Reid. They should be giving David Montgomery Man, the ball more, and Trubisky's much, ass. He does too much. They really don't have good receivers. They don't trust They don't trust Tariq Cohen either, and that's the crazy part. They have and good they, runners, man. They just don't trust them, and they rely on Mitchell Trubisky way too much. In fact, he shouldn't even be a Chicago Bear, man. Deshaun Watson... Should have been a Chicago Bear. In fact, I'm really looking at their GM crazy because you traded up one spot to get a mediocre player instead of, like, the generational talents that were there. But I digress. Bro, this dude came out the first play of the season last year in, like, a a diamond formation with Mike Davis, David Montgomery, Tariq Cohen, and it was like one of the worst plays. It's like a triple option, one of the worst plays you've seen. And that should have just been like 
a preview of what you were going to get that season. He does way too much on offense. I don't think Trubisky is a terrible quarterback. I think he makes that offense way too complicated for Trubisky. You know what I mean? They don't like he's a good runner. He's like a Cam Newton they, type of player, a Josh Allen type of player. Strengths, he can man. make plays. Uh, Trubisky had no. one year starting at North Carolina. So he has to get some time to get acclimated. I mean, hell, play the Cowboys playing him last year made him look like fucking Joe Montana. So I mean, he he he's has that good. talent though. He had, he did it the I year just before. I think you know you. I think he got thrown into the fire a little bit too quick, and now I think that the expectations have ratcheted ratcheted up. They're expecting way more from Mitchell Trubisky. Well, you remember last uh, last year they didn't even play him during the preseason. Like they were acting like he was Tom Brady. Like he's already good to go. And I, that always baffled me because young quarterbacks need all the reps that they can get in that type of offense so they can learn all the nuances and so they can get familiar with their receivers. Another thing is they lost Taylor Gabriel. Taylor Gabriel was probably the best receiver on that team for the last couple of years, you know what I mean? And he really took the top off of it. So, I man, I don't know what this team is going to be. If you put Nick Foles in there, Nick Foles can at least – simplify things to so it's just depending on the defense he won't hurt you like and i think trubisky. that's good man having nick Foles behind trubisky because it gives him that veteran per- <coughs> Ooh, excuse me he, uh, that's my allergies not the rona nah, <laughs> the rona rona has not hit house perry and hopefully it never does but um i think that that gives him that veteran presence man you know you put a vet behind trubisky someone who can really mentor him so he can lean on someone and kind of make it a little bit less stressful for him but i see the packers running away with this division man i mean not much has happened in this division i i mean the detroit lions they lost darius slay i mean they're they're pitiful they are pitiful yeah i mean and they wouldn't sign uh my boy vita from the eagles <laughs> to five years 45 million dollars and if you're an eagle fan you know i mean he had a good run during the super bowl years but you can't depend on this dude on the right or left side. Like, you don't even – they got him listed as a guard. <laughs> dude, play tackles. Like, you just gave this dude $45 million and nobody knows what position Bro, he plays. You know what the biggest thing, <laughs> the biggest question I have on the Detroit Lions, how did Jim Caldwell lose his job winning nine games but Matt Patricia hadn't lost his? And this is a bigger problem in the NFL, man, with these Belichick disciples. Everybody thinks that they've got the Midas touch. If you get somebody from the Bill Belichick coaching tree and everything they touch will turn to gold. That's exactly not true. And I think it's a bigger indictment on the Patriot way. The Patriot way only works in New England. You cannot take that and put it everywhere else, man, because cultures are different. And I think that's what Matt Patricia is suffering from. He's trying to turn... Detroit in a New England part two, and it just won't work, man. The personalities are different. The team structure is different. And that's really, you know, to me, it's baffling that he still has a job, man. I predict that he'll be the defensive coordinator of the New England Patriots once again, man, before it's all said and done, because he ain't going to last long in Detroit, bro. Nah, I mean, even the players that are leaving, I mean, sometimes you get players that leave and they're at least happy with you, but players that are leaving, like you see people leaving Detroit this offseason saying that they were hoping they'd get cut. He's one of the worst coaches that they've ever seen. Like Darius Slay has been like a top three, top five corner in the league every every year over the last seven years, and he was terrible. Everybody was terrible in that defense. The offense you've seen, uh, your boy didn't even want to come back, Stafford. Like, he kept just sitting out the season, extending his injury. 
I just don't know what you do with this team. And I think they're going to let Matt Patricia kind of destroy everything about this team. And they need to get rid of him as soon as possible. He didn't even use Carryon Johnson, right? You drafted a young running back who showed a lot of potential. And then you just let Bums play over him before he even got hurt. You and know what I mean? They have no shot of getting Tua Tagovailoa in this draft. He's already come out and say he will not go to Detroit. He not play there. The family said I, he ain't going there. So don't even think about drafting him. I mean, I, I agree with you, man. I, I the, the the Packers, they lost Blake Martinez, who I love. I don't love them replacing them with uh, Kirksey. Um, they lost lost Brian Bulaga, a little bit up in age, but the way that they run the ball, that could be big. Um, but they still look like the best team in this division. I agree, unless that that Bears defense is going to go back to being the Bears defense that we saw for half a season the year before last. That defense wasn't as good last year. I mean, it just simply wasn't. And if that defense isn't dominating, I don't believe in Nick Foles or Mitchell Trubisky enough to to really make an impact good enough to win this division. It comes down to Minnesota or Green Bay with me, and Green Bay, is, they stay steady. They didn't do anything great, but Minnesota lost – Shit, 90% of they starters last year on defense. I can't trust them. Man, Aaron <laughs> Rodgers so. is going to carve this division up, man. He's going to have his way with them. And so I, I definitely think Green Bay are definitely on top here. Now, man, it's time for the main event, bro. The division the that dinner. drove everybody insane this week. This damn NFC South, man. Best on division paper, in football, the NFC South, paper, NFC West. The NFC South is the best division of football, man. Let's go ahead and get out the way, man. Talk about these Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the winners of the Tom Brady sweepstakes, and also the recipient of a brand new fan base of about 5 million people <laughs> because I've never seen so many Buccaneers fans post-2002. Yeah, when uh, Mike Allstott and Ward Dunn. Yeah, the year that, that they year. won the Super Bowl. I hadn't seen this many Bucks fans yeah. since, bro. And they are all in on TB12 and the TB12 experience. But the man's got hella weapons around him, man. You got Mike Evans. You got O.J. Howard, man, just to name a few. I mean, he the team is stacked and other players want to go there to be with Tom Brady. It's almost like the LeBron effect of the NFL, man. I mean, they were even talking about maybe A.B., Tom Brady's trying to get A.B. out there, but Bruce Arians put the kibosh on that quick, man. Nah, Bruce Arians said, nah. He's like, nah, I coached bro. him in Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. So, uh, it, it's funny, man, because this looked like one of the biggest no-brainers in free agency. We talked about this last podcast. I even had some people tell me that I was crazy for thinking that he would go there and not go here. Like, it's a no-brainer. You had a team, even though for years Tampa Bay has been asked. Last year, this Tampa Bay team was very, very good. They were just very, very bad at quarterback. You had a quarterback that threw 30 interceptions, and I think they still finished like 7-9. and nine. They took some of the better teams down to the wire. They destroyed the Rams in L.A. When Jameis Winston played well, this team was very dangerous because that defense is really, really good. And I know you can't tell that when you got a quarterback, Throwing it seven interceptions a game, it gets hard to watch. But this defense has been good all year. And then you add a player like Tom Brady. I don't care if he's not the old Tom Brady. One thing that Tom Brady has never done is he never beat you. You know what I mean? He never really has those games where he's throwing four or five interceptions where he's going to beat the team. And that's all this team needs. Now, I would like to see them get another running back because I do not trust Ronald Jones the third. 
and they just lost Peyton Barber. If they re-sign Peyton Barber, I may be on board a little bit. But if they don't re-sign Devon, uh, uh, if they don't re-sign Peyton Barber, I don't trust Ronald Jones enough. I think that Peyton, uh, I think that Tom Brady needs a running game, but that's it. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, they re-signed Brashad Perryman, Scott Miller, O.J. Howard. You know what I'm saying? That that team is stacked on defense, and I mean, they're really good on offense. He's got two Pro Bowl receivers, so that's already more than what he had in New England last year. Uh, you know, I really think – now, I'm not just going to give them the division off top, man, because they still got to play the New Orleans Saints twice a year, man. But uh, the cool thing about Tom Brady's deal is two years, $50 million, but that's a team-friendly contract, man, so they could go get additional pieces. So I don't think it's over yet. And Bruce Arians is a renowned QB guru, man. I mean, he's a quarterback yeah. whisperer, man. And getting him and Tom Brady together, man, that's definitely going to be something interesting. But uh, it's, it's really going to be something to see, man, see Tom Brady do it on his own. I mean, he is this generation's no Mo- Joe Montana, no doubt, man. So... It'll be interesting to see what he does with that uh, team. The fan base has been reinvigorated, man. I think it'll be a good look for the a- for the NFC South this year. I mean, it's gonna put butts in seat. I mean, Tampa Bay has been a terrible team for so long. I would. I'm just glad that they got somebody like Tom Brady that can put butts in the seats that you can appreciate that offense that they had because that offense is full of weapons, man. And it's, they're gonna be an exciting team to watch. I hope they don't end up like the Browns, where you think they're gonna be exciting and they just shit the bed. <laughs> but hopefully, they're gonna be good. But this whole division is good, man. I like the Teddy Bridgewater going to uh, the man, Carolina well, I'll Panthers. Tell you what, man. a lot of people out here. So I. Look live in North Carolina. I know I'm not a Panthers fan, but you would have thought, like, the flags were flowing at half-staff and everything, man. You would have <laughs> thought, like, somebody's best, somebody, like, passed away, man. But uh, it's definitely the end of an era, man. You know, to see Cam Newton go, especially after Matt Rule and David Tepper said, hey, Cam Newton are a part of our plans moving forward, and, and looks like it's not happening. But uh, Teddy Bridgewater, man, I always thought he was kind of the Deshaun Watson of the draft where Johnny Football and all those guys got picked up. I always thought that Teddy Bridgewater should have went ahead of Johnny Manziel in that draft. He was a quality player out of Louisville. I just felt that he didn't get the proper chance due to his injury in Minnesota. I thought they should have kept him, but it's really good to see him put his career back on track. And I think he'll do good things with the Carolina Panthers, man. Uh, it'll, you know, Matt Rule, first-year coach coming over from Baylor. I think Teddy Bridgewater is the type of player that he likes to coach. He's similar to some of the quarterbacks he has at Baylor. So uh, I know it, it'll be it'll be very interesting to see him and Christian McCaffrey together. I think that's a nice one-two punch. I think the Panthers could do a few things, man. I mean, they were only a starting quarterback away from being a playoff team, you know, due to Cam Newton's injury and all. But I think they could have a little bit of a rebound. And so that's why I'm really hesitant to just hand a division over to the Tampa Bay Bucks because other teams are going to be better. The Panthers are going to be better. The Falcons, arguably, picking up Jai Gurley will be a little bit better. The Saints aren't going anywhere, so that's why I'm just not going to say, oh, Tom Brady, you know, it's the automatic Super Bowl bid because they still got to go through a very competitive division. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I agree. I, I really like this Panthers team, and I, one of the reasons why I think Cam Newton is on his way out, he hadn't been released yet, but they hadn't found a trade partner. Everyone thinks that it's going to come down to Cam Newton just being released, and that's what we've talked about a lot of times this episode. But Cam Newton, uh, he he made the cardinal mistake of getting hurt because he was already kind of in a class with Christian McCaffrey. 
Um, it's not a public thing, but you've heard some of the comments about early in this season when they were saying that they should get him the ball more. And I'm thinking the coach got him on the fantasy team. Um, he wasn't really to just really ready to rely on just checking the ball down to Christian McCaffrey, which seems like a golden game plan, even with the bum quarterbacks they put in. You check it down to him. I think he got what like a hundred receptions, a thousand yards as a running back was the first like one of, but Cam wasn't willing to just check the ball down to Christian McCaffrey. He kind of wanted to do it himself. He kind of wanted to throw a lot of deep balls, and that's not what they're looking for. You bring in Rule, who's in one of those Baylor offenses that's all predicated on getting the ball out quick, letting that ball go, not holding it, and Cam has a big problem with trying to hold that ball to make a play six, seven, eight seconds. And that is not what he, Rule wants. Rule wants to put somebody back there that's a pocket passer, that even if it's a, it's a check down, that you're going to get that ball out of your hand. So I love that Teddy Bridgewater move because people forget how good Teddy Bridgewater was before he hurt his knee. So I, I love this for the uh, Panthers. I think that they can be immediately better just by the fact that Teddy Bridgewater can run that system that Rule is bringing in. And they have Christian McCaffrey, probably one of the best weapons in the NFL right so, now. So... Another team that uh, had a little bit of an upgrade over the weekend was the Atlanta Falcons. They got a, they let they let Devontae Freeman go. I mean, you're picking mm. up Todd Gurley, but it's not prime Todd Gurley. You know, he's had a rough go of it as of late. But nonetheless, you know, he could be a threat with uh, Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones, those receivers there. You know, Todd Gurley's really renowned for his pass-catching skills out of the backfield. So I think those are some decent weapons for Matt Ryan. Uh, let's see. They lost Vic Beasley Jr. in free agency, so there's going to be some holes on defense, man. And uh, that they, they picked did. up Dante Fowler, though. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. I think this might be uh, Dan Quinn's last hurrah, man. How does he still have a job? <laughs> I mean, I just I just sit around and wonder sometimes how some of these people like still have job. I mean, he lost his offensive coordinator and he has been trash ever since that Super Bowl. And these moves that they've made, I'm on the opposite end of you. I don't think any of these moves are good. Yeah, you lost Devontae Freeman, but you pick up Ty Gurley. I don't know how much better Ty Gurley is than Ty, um, than Devontae Freeman because he might be good early on, but apparently with this arthritis in his knee, you can't use him that often. That's why they were trying to protect him with the Rams. If you use him too much, you literally might not have him at the end of the season. You lost Austin Hooper, who was very big for the game plan most of the year, and you didn't even do great this year. Yeah, you lose. Uh, you pick up Dante Fowler, Big Beasley. Let's just wash them out. Uh, you lose Desmond Trufant. You you lost one of your uh, better offensive linemen, and you had the biggest pass is Ty Gurley, somebody that's on that a lot of people believe is on his last leg. I don't think this team upgraded. I mean, if Calvin Ridley gets a lot better, which he he could, I mean, he could just have a breakout and be Julio, and you have Julio and Calvin Ridley on both sides, and Ty Gurley could turn into the. 2017 version of himself and Matt Ryan could be you know what I'm saying there's a lot of coulds in here but if I'm just looking at but by these the last two seasons that all these players have had I don't know if I think this team is better we shall I think see this team man. might I mean, be worse they definitely had a rough go of it last year man wasn't impressive at all but uh I think it's gonna come down to the Saints and the Bucks man I mean we get to see Brady versus Breeze twice a year so that's exciting they move on from Teddy Bridgewater, but, you know, you got Breeze, you got Taysom Hill, you got Alvin Kamara, you got Michael Thomas, man. I mean, 
you get Malcolm, you get Malcolm Jenkins back. So more or less everything stays the same down there. You get Emmanuel Sanders, so that's going to be definitely a shootout. That's one date that I'm going to circle on the calendar: Bucks versus Saints. I think that's going to be a really good one to watch. I'll tell you this though: Malcolm Jackson Jenkins don't have that defensive line to hide behind anymore. Uh, Michael Jenkins, my guy. But he's a lot like their um, uh, Weapon X, Brian Dawkins, at the end of his career. They can hit hard. They can make an outstanding plays in front of them. But they're going to get their ass burnt in that secondary. I think we are really sleeping on that Panthers team, man. I think Panthers are going to make a big jump this year with the stability of Teddy Bridgewater, someone that's willing to use CMC, someone that's willing to lean on the run game to check down and can take that over the top with Curtis Samuel and uh, DJ Moore, because I think DJ, DJ Moore is going to have a, a nice breakout pickup, season man. this year, too. I think he's too. one of the sleeper picks of that draft, man. I think DJ Moore, Maryland product, yeah. man, he's he good. gets better and better each year, man. He's like Kel- Kel- Kelvin Benjamin work ethic to me. That's what he is. <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah, but Kelvin Benjamin was kind of fat. Like, he's in He's like shape. in shape fat. You know what I mean? He's more he's of a like running back and a fat. wide receiver. Yeah, but... Yeah, but your boy was fat, yeah. fat. It'll be interesting, <laughs> man. I, mean, I fat, think this fat, season, bro. and then as we approach the draft, man, I know we got to break that down, man, once we once we get there. But free agency was off to a rocket start, man. I mean, for all the shit that's been going on lately, man, free agency gave me life. I know it gave sports fans everywhere life and a glimmer of hope, man. Had us on the ropes for a minute, man, but it was really yeah. good to see, man, and it's not over yet. A, a bit of normalcy. It's a bit of a normalcy in this chaotic world. So we still got some folks up in the air, man. Cam Newton, of course, we've mentioned him throughout the whole episode. Jameis Winston, Everson Griffith, Jadavian Clowney, just to name a few. I mean, what are your thoughts on the remaining free agents that we have, man? Where do you see him going? Man, I know that um, I think this is one of those markets where you're waiting for two chips to fall. And I guess you're kind of... Slightly waiting on Yannick um, Nguakwe to uh, he still uh, he signed his uh, franchise tender and there's some teams still in play for him. I think that's kind of affecting um, Clowney's market also because if you can get him, do you want him? Do you want Clowney? Clowney's kind of injury prone, but I think once Clowney falls and once Cam Newton falls, then you're gonna see a lot more action. But I think it's kind of on hold right now because those are the big, biggest chips to fall. The wide receiver market is kind of meh. You know what I'm saying? I was arguably the best wide receivers, Robbie Anderson and Devin Funches. Defense have been picked over. So it's really coming down to Clowney and Cam Newton. I think Cam Newton, I don't believe the Chargers, man. I don't believe they're good with Tyrod Taylor. I think the Chargers go get Cam Newton, man. And Clowney, I think you he's going back to Seattle. You know what? I agree with you on Clowney going back to Seattle. I see Cam Newton going to the Denver Broncos, man. That'd be a good fit. Yeah, I mean, that's a good spot, too. I mean, they went and got Melvin Gordon. So, I mean, it, it works, and that's the kind. They want to run the ball, push the ball. He's perfect for them. I just, I just think the Chargers have, have more to lose. I think they'll be more aggressive. I don't really going see Cam going to the Patriots, man. I mean, yeah, it would be it would be something to see, man, but I don't see Cam doing that, man. I don't, I don't really see Cam going to New England, but stranger things have happened. I think Denver would be the best fit for him. Just play style and just chemistry of the team, man. I think it worked. The one the reason why I don't think it would be Denver is just because I think that he's also looking to get paid. Like 
Cam Newton's never been cheap. He's never going to go somewhere for a Joe Flacco contract or one year, 15 million, something like that. I think he's looking for some type of long-term security because he's business smart. If you look at, I don't think Denver Broncos, a team like that, because John Elway doesn't want to commit guaranteed money because he understands you can't keep a defense together. You can't keep a legit defense together with committing that much money to a quarterback. He's been reluctant to do it. I don't think he does it now. I don't think the Patriots are going to commit that much money to Cam Newton. Um, So it just leaves teams like the Chargers, the Dolphins, or – yeah, the Chargers of the Dolphins are like teams that I'm looking for. I would love to see That's my the Dolphins go out there and make a I splash. Think he, I think either Denver or Miami. Yeah, because I think Miami would go out there and pay them. Because if you got a choice, you get Cam Newton or you can get Tua. I'll just go ahead and pay Cam Newton. They got a ton of cap room. They franchise building block, man. I mean, you see the Carolina Panthers were ass before he got there. And this is another reason why Dallas got to quit Dak fucking Prescott. around with uh, they got to quit fucking around with that because now you get Ryan Tannehill making 118 million and 62 guaranteed. If Cam go get signed by Miami to like 32, 33 a year, the next year when <laughs> Dak gets this 38 million dollar franchise tag, Dak gonna get 43 million dollars. Especially just if he plays, Stephen well Jones too. being stupid. Especially if he plays well. Exactly. If Cam gets a, you get Cam, you get Tannehill, you get all these contracts. Man, bro, you got to sign that quick fucking Javier Clowney going to the Cowboys, but I'm taking that shit with a grain of salt. That ain't gonna happen, man. Man, nah, he ain't bro wants that. twenty million dollars a year. It's a rumor that, yeah, it's a rumor that Yannick um gonna go to the Eagles, but I'm not holding my breath. They're not giving up a first and a two hundred million dollar contract. That's I guess it happening. just leaves Everson so he, Griffin, man. Which I don't know. You know, I mean. Kind of a shock move that they let him go. I mean, do they try to bring him back on a reduced salary? I don't see him really taking a pay cut. And if you do, you probably go to a team that you think is a lot farther along because I don't believe, like, I don't think that team believes in Kirk Cousins. I mean, you saw, if you really respected your quarterback, Diggs wouldn't have made that comment right after he got his contract extension. I think a lot of those players don't like Kirk Cousins, and I think that, the coach and the GM Man, you know being what? stubborn. And this isn't just a Redskins thing or even a Michigan State Spartans thing, but I've never – two quarterbacks that I thought were super overrated were Kirk Cousins and Connor Cook. Connor Cook didn't last in the league too long. He flamed out of the XFL. I've never seen what was so special about Kirk Cousins at all. I hate Kirk Cousins, man. That's why I keep saying that at the point where Kirk Cousins worked the same plan – that Russell Wilson worked, and now he's in a situation where he has a team that has to mandatory give him like this extension because there's no better prospects. You cannot tell me that Dak Prescott isn't about to get some type of stupid bag that the Dallas fans aren't going to like. Teddy Bridgewater just worked his way back into like a $25 million contract. The quarterbacks in the NFL are trash. There is, there is hard for you to name 15 consistent quarterbacks in the league. If you if you have any type of value at quarterback, Marcus Mariota go and he plays well behind Derek Carr, you could see him getting twenty five million dollars next year. That's how crazy Especially the quarterback with the new CBA situation man, it's is. Crazier and crazier. Especially when Pat Mahomes get paid, shit's about to hit the fan, man. Man, guarantee Pat might get fifty. Got to be guaranteed. All guaranteed two hundred and fifty million dollars. Especially if they go all to of guaranteed. Super Bowl and go back to back. <laughs> So, that leaves us with Mr. Winston, man. Crab leg Jameis himself, man. The public's bandit. I think Pittsburgh is the best spot for him. So, he can sit behind Big Ben, 
be under Mike Tomlin. I think that's why I see him going. I got, I'm going to hold out hope for Jameis, man. I'm rooting for you, bro, but you can't be fucking up. But he got the LASIK now, man. So I think, you know, LASIK makes the difference in everything, <laughs> bro. They literally need to burn his eyeballs out and put new hey, ones in it for him to be able to see anything. We'll see if Big Ben goes down. You know? <laughs> hey, I don't think Jameis Winston would take, take it too kindly, taking a helmet to the head, though. I, I I think the James ends up in the Pats with the Pats. That's my guess. I think it's going to be a surprise move. I think Bill Belichick thinks that he's smarter than everybody. I can fix him. Uh, they got Josh McDaniels there. People forget, really good quarterbacks coach. If you can just keep him under control, rely on the run game, and just make him make half the bad decisions. Even th- This is the craziest part. If Jameis throws, throws for 30 touchdowns, and 15 interceptions, he has a great season. Just don't do that. <laughs> Just don't throw for 30 and 30, and you're Bro, probably going to have a great year. If Bill Belichick turns Jameis Winston into a Super Bowl winning quarterback, i give it to him. He's the greatest coach that ever lived. Josh McDaniels probably going to go wherever he wants and get Josh a coach McDaniels fired. Josh McDaniels will be a coach and a GM if they make Jameis Winston. <laughs> An all-pro Super Bowl winning NFL MVP caliber quarterback. How much money could Josh McDaniels get from a college team if he wins the Super Bowl oh, man. with Jameis Winston? Man. And he just opens himself up to college. How much does Michigan pay him? Do they get go to Josh? He'll I mean, get saving money for Dabo <laughs> Sweetie, buddy. But he'll at least get seven a year, seven mil a year. Bro, you can get more than that yeah, in the NFL. Yeah, in the NFL, but if he goes to college, man, I can see him get about seven or eight a year. Depends on what conference he goes to. Bro, bro, you can get more than that. If you make Jameis Winston with a Super Bowl, I'm, I'm fully confident you can at come least, in with eight and a half. At least. Off top. Yeah, man. Like, hey, it's yeah. been a good show, man. We had a lot to unpack, man. You know, free agency kept us busy, so we had a lot to talk about. Thank you guys out there for rocking with me and Big Facts Read, man. The first episode of Fumble Rooski, man. We appreciate it to support. Just continue to listen. Read, before we go, man, you got anything you want to plug, bro? I man, it's the same old stuff, man. All content can be found um, at www, the number two smart network. Uh, we're working on building the site, building new content. We're trying to put more and more content, especially during this COVID-19 crisis, trying to give you as much content um, as possible to listen to. You can always find us on Instagram if you need any of the links or the plugs, the clips. We try to stay active on there every week. Um, but, yes, yeah, at number two, Smart Network. Um, you can also find KP. So, the underscore mighty underscore carry at Instagram.com. Uh, also, you know, we got the Sexy Suburban Dad going up. Episode 3 should be dropping pretty soon. Be sure to check out the Two Smart Dummies. And when the smoke clears, as b mentioned, man, you can find all of that on the TwoSmartNetwork.com. We appreciate the support, man. Support the movement and support the grind. Reed, it's been a blast as usual, man. For B-Reed, this has been KP, Fumbaruski of Football Podcast. We out. Later. <laughs>